Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's wide receiver week here on the show. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner back with you here once again. Wide receiver week, fantasy football wide receivers for the next four days here on this show. We are first going to spend the next couple of days this week going through Jamie's list 105 all the way up to number one. And then we've got our sleeper show on Thursday and then the normal takes on takes on Friday. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Hope everybody is ready for some high quality analysis here of some fantasy football wide receivers in today's show. Well, I mean, It'll be analysis. It's high quality analysis. Come on. I'm, I mean, I don't want to promise anything. Wide receivers 105 through 65 here on the show today. We're going to do these in chunks like we normally do and discuss any relevant players that are worthy of conversation. And so, Jamie, we've got a big chunk of names to get through here. So let's waste little time and dive right in. Uh, 105 Tank Dell, 104 Khalif Raymond, 103 Ben Skaronic, 102 Sterling Shepard, 101 Marvin Mins Jr., and 100 Tr- Chase Claypool. My big takeaways, my two big takeaways from this, this class is how much you hate Chase Claypool and that yep. I've convinced you about Puka Nakua because of where you have Ben Skoranek on this list. Um, a, a little bit, but also the fact that like even if Ben Skoranek's out there, he's out there because he's a strong run blocker. Um, he's not out there because he's going to be catching a ton of passes, but he's going to be on the field plenty, so I, I put him here on this list. Yeah, Chase Claypool is interesting. I was surprised to see uh, his ADP right now is is wide receiver, what would it be, 79? Uh, and I was, I don't know, man, like... It's not that I don't necessarily dislike Chase Claypool, and I think probably the hate has gone too far on him because of the the trade that involved the 32nd overall pick. Oh, is that what but, they gave up for him? I hadn't heard. what they gave I, up I for. hadn't heard, yeah. But he's the third receiving option, maybe fourth, depending on how you feel about Cole Komet, on a team that's not going to throw the ball very much. Like, I... Like, I, when are you going to ever feel confident starting? Like, when are you ever going to feel confident starting him, and what is his upside? Like, so to me, he's one of those guys that just like, I mean, again, I have him here wide receiver 100. Um, you know, this is where I feel he's appropriately ranked, but he's got, I don't think he's got much upside, um, particularly not if you're taking him in the top 80. So he's just, just a giant shrug emoji for me. Yeah. I mean, either way, uh, even at the, even at his ADP, right? His ADP is wide receiver 79. You have his wide receiver 100. In both of those scenarios, he's not going to be a very highly touted wide receiver, even at his yeah. ADP. Is he going to get drafted in a lot of leagues? If you're playing in a 10 team league, he's not I getting wouldn't. drafted. Yeah, right? So he's not going to make right it now. through. He'll be there. And look, if somebody, if somebody gets hurt and we start to see a slightly different bears offense, sure. But, but you can't make those kind of projections right now, right? You got to look at it based on what the information you have in front of you. Yeah. And not the wide receiver position. I'm going to talk about a handful of names that I think are either have higher upside or a more p- clear path to a significant role in this next chunk of players that you're going to talk about. You know, this one was more of like filling some guys out that like, yeah, Chase Claypool will get, will be okay. We'll have some games. Same thing with Sterling Shepard when he's healthy. Same thing with Skoranek and Khalif Raymond, you know, Mims and Tank are more flyers. They just have more guys that they have to wade through on the depth chart, despite the fact you like their talent. So these are the guys that I think you should at least know about, but I don't think you need to spend much time 
rostering them unless you're in the super, super, super deep leagues. Uh, we're into the 90s here. Devin Duvernay at 99. Jamie's favorite receiver, Matt Collins at 98. Devontae Parker at 97. Jonathan Mingo, 96. Isaiah Hodgins, 95. Russell Gage, 94. Rasheed Rice, 93. Tyquan Thornton, 92. Kendrick Bourne, 91. And Jaden Reed, 90. And Jamie, I've already got my guy from this tier. I'm uh, Jaden Reed, baby. Get I am yeah. all in. He's, I, we'll probably talk about him more when we do the sleeper show because he will definitely be a sleeper for me. But man, I, I really like his the profile and the opportunity that he's going to have here in year one. Yeah, he's one of those weird guys that kind of is the I'm in the weird spot where I am lower on him than ADP, but higher on him than other experts uh, based on his ranking right now. Uh, some really actually encouraging reports about him even coming out as as early or as recently as last Thursday when it turned out that he and Luke Musgrave were among the rookies getting the by far the most work with the ones at OTAs before they broke things off uh, in, in lieu of this little summer break before they start training camp. Uh, there is room behind Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs for somebody else in that offense to get catches. Now, I will say this, Aaron Jones, Watson, Dobbs, they're going to eat up a lot of the target share of this offense. And I think Adrian Dillon will get his uh, a few things as well. So there's not going to be a lot left there for Reed or any or Luke Musgrave or really anybody else. But there might be a little bit there. And, you know, maybe Watson has a hamstring injury again. Maybe Dobbs has an injury. You know what I mean? There's always these possibilities. And. Jaden Reed was really, really impressive at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, and he's going to have a potential opportunity here to have some success in this offense. But his low ranking here in, in 90 is more so I don't know what his path to opportunity is going to be right away. And I think he's going to, again, have to wade through the depth chart. And even when it gets above the depth chart, it's not like it's Aaron Rodgers throwing in the ball anymore in, in Green Bay. So I want to temper expectations on him, but he's definitely somebody that, again, I think has more upside and more potential than a guy like Chase Claypool. And if you're going to pick between these two guys at the end of your draft, you mean the guy with at least some of the upside in Jaden Reed. Uh, another another player who I think the opportunity is not going to be what we think it's going to be, and that's Rasheed Rice. Uh, you have here as yeah. wide receiver 93. And, and Jamie, there's a lot of guys in that Kansas City wide receiver room that kind of do the same thing. And mm -hmm. it's going to be really, really intriguing to see how Andy Reid and company deploy these wide receivers in this offense. And so because of that, because Rasheed Rice is a rookie, because there are guys who have kind of been been in the building a little bit longer, I kind of worry about how many true opportunities he is going to be able to get early on in his career to be impactful in year one. Yeah, and I look at the receiving core right now, and, and again, while it's, it lacks a star, they do have some guys that they want to do certain things. Like a, a Kadarius Tony is going to be someone I think is going to serve as their quote-unquote wide receiver one, even though it's really Travis Kelsey. But you've got Kelsey. You've got Kadarius Tony. Sky Moore should have a bigger role this year. Marquez Valdez-Scantling came back. Uh, I think the Richie James signing was actually really underrated as a guy that could, could take some slot snaps away. Uh, I, I don't know what to do with Rasheed Rice right now because he was somebody that I was pretty high on was kind of met on in Mobile. Uh, I've been told some things about some off-the-field stuff that I won't repeat, but just stuff that I had a little bit concerning and probably a reason why he wasn't in the round one conversation. He ends up going late in round two. I just not someone I, I feel there's a, a with a high level of confidence is going to get a significant amount of snaps in year one in Kansas City. And if he would have landed in the same spot anywhere else, I think people would be ignoring it. And obviously because it's Kansas City, everybody's really excited. It reminds me a little bit about like the hype that Sky Moore got last year. If you remember, he was severely overdrafted in fantasy because it's, oh, we went to Kansas City with Mahomes. They must have a plan for him right they're away. They're going to throw it a bajillion times. Yeah, they're going to throw it to him. Well, not necessarily. 
And, and I think that's what's going to happen here, I think, with Rasheed Rice, where this is this is Dynasty League. It's a little bit different story. Uh, I'd be a little bit higher on him. But in a one-year league, I'm just – Again, unless he's available like in one of your last rounds, but right now, you know, his current ADP is 64. Like he's going as wide receiver 64, which means he's getting drafted. Mm-hmm. And he's getting drafted pretty much in all leagues. I'm, I'm not necessarily willing to do that yet. I need, I need to see more from him consistently. Uh, I want to say more from him. I mean, more like actual on the field NFL production from him before I feel comfortable putting him on my roster. And you just can't do that yet. Uh, this next chunk of players as we are into the 80s, 89, Joshua Palmer, 88, Josh Reynolds, 87, Khalil Shakir, 86, Darius Slayton, 85, John Mechie, 84, Allen Robinson, 83, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 82, Rashid Shahid, 81, Elijah Moore, and number 80, Greg Dortch. And Jamie, we are still in that tier of players that um, are, are probably, if you if you just go off of your rankings, not guys you're going to be considering about, about drafting. You may take them as a flyer late if you want to be able to have them on your roster, but I still think we're in that tier of, I can see paths for these guys, but it, yeah. it is it is a little fuzzy, the, the picture for them to, to be extremely productive. I want to talk about Elijah Moore a little bit, because I might be wrong. And this is one of those ones where my brain and my numbers are way off. Because my brain has told me this entire time that I love the Elijah Moore fit in Cleveland. And I think he's going to have a lot of success there. And all of the reports about Elijah Moore early on, again, these are reports in June. So let's Best shape of his life probably here. is what the reports are saying. No, but that he's, that he's being used very often and looks good. And literally everything is going in his favor. And then I ran the numbers and I got him super low. And it's not just super low in general. Like it's super low relative to ADP. Uh, super low relative to other rankings. Like he is like, I am 33 spots below where he's going in drafts and, and his experts ranking. Like, and I guess my, my numbers are telling me that this is still going to be an offense is as much as they could throw that he's still going to be the f- third or fourth option on with obviously Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples Jones, David and Joku. And, and I guess part of me is trying to figure out where if, if I project Elijah Moore to be a top 50 wide receiver, like he's being drafted in fantasy, I got to take away from somewhere. Or the Browns just have to inexplicably throw way more than Kevin Stefanski has throughout his, throughout his tenure as a coach. And that's where I'm struggling. Where it's This was a guy that I think before I did all these projections was like a guy I put a star next to. Somebody was like, oh, this is a guy that's going to be a sleeper for me. Now I guess he's not a sleeper anymore because everybody's a sleeper now. But um, – and I, and I don't know how I, why I got here. I mean, I know why I got here mathematically, but I don't really feel great about it. And I know that's one that's going to bring up a lot of contention. And, and this is one of the ones I kind of have to throw my hands up and go, I, I realize I could be wrong here. And my numbers could be wrong here. I just feel like if Elijah Moore succeeds, either there's an injury in front of him or somebody else is getting target share eaten into significantly, like a Donovan Peoples-Jones, to make this happen. Well, and so I don't know. What do you think, Chris? So you watch I, I more th- of Elijah more than I have. Yeah. So I think anecdotally, there's a lot of evidence to say that Elijah Moore is due for a big role in 2023. Anecdotally, right? What do we know? We know they traded, they swapped picks, but they made a trade to go out and get Elijah Moore. That must, that tells me that they feel like they've got a really, really good player on their hands. Uh, and so for me, anecdotally, that type of information, plus the reports we're hearing of, of how he's being used in camp, that leads me to believe that, man, it's going to be a breakout role. But, Jamie, I can yeah. look at this depth chart and I can say, 
you and I both believe Amari Cooper is a wide receiver one in this in this league. Yes. You and I both are Donovan People Jones stands. You and I both believe David Njoku is one of the better tight ends in all football. So we've got three players that are going to be featured in a passing offense, I think, ahead of Elijah Moore. Yeah. And let's not forget, it might take Elijah Moore some time to gel with this offense. He's learning another new offense very shortly into his NFL career. And again, Jamie, I am still incredibly skeptical of this team all of a sudden in 2023, after what we saw the final six games of the season with Deshaun Watson or however many games it was, to go all of a sudden, you know what? Yeah. Let's just let's just throw the ball all over the place. I know we've got Nick Chubb in the backfield, but let's throw it 35, 40 times a game. No. To me, I think this team's going to want to settle somewhere in that 26 to 32 passing attempts range. They're not going to want to ask Deshaun Watson to do a whole lot, at least early, at least early until he, until he shows that he can take over a game like he did back in 2020 with the Houston Texans. And so I think in the short term, at least to start the season, you're going to see a lot of Nick Chubb get featured, a lot of running the yep. football. And when they do throw it, it's going to be to the other guys. And Jamie, this was my reasoning for not liking the pick, but they did also use a draft pick on Cedric Tillman. And I, I can't yeah. discount that in this evaluation as well, is that maybe Cedric Tillman beats out Elijah Moore. I don't think so. I don't think they would have traded the pick to all of a sudden bench Elijah Moore, but it is a possibility. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, Chris, I have him projected at 31.3 pass attempts per game is what I have the Browns project. And, and I, I have Elijah Moore in that 60 to 65 target range. The question is going to be like, that's not going to be enough to be anything more than a, a spot starter here and there. Like that's not going to be enough for somebody you're going to start. So I, I just wanted to kind of talk about that because that's every once in a while, I'll have one of these every year where there's one or two guys where like mentally I have them way higher uh, than they end up being. Uh, another name I want to bring up because, and, and he's, uh, is it I the want same to, name I want to bring up? I don't know. You tell me what name do you want to bring I up? I want to talk about Greg Dorch. Okay, I want to I want to save let's save him for our sleeper show. I don't I don't want to do the show before the show because we have so many names. So I want to talk him. about Greg Dorch, and now it's got to be sa- fine. I'll save. That's who I want to talk about too, but I want to save it for the, the other show. We'll save. I, I think there's a very strong value there, and he fits the perfect definition of a sleeper in every sense of the word. So I want I want to talk about that. But okay, uh, before we get into some of the other names here that I think are, are at least other name in this tier that's worth discussing here is Josh Reynolds. As a guy that is being, you know, here at 88, Jameson Williams isn't there to start the year. Mm. Josh Reynolds has had flashes of success in this Lions offense. It's going to have plenty of offensive success overall. If you take out Gibbs and you take out Armand Ross St. Brown, the third option on that team right now, until Williams comes back, and even maybe for a while while Jameson Williams is back, it's Josh Reynolds. So it's somebody that, again, I don't think he's going to be on your roster when you get to the fantasy playoffs. But as somebody that you want to potentially take late in the draft that actually could find his way into a flex spot for you, or especially in a dual flex league uh, in the first handful of weeks of the season, first, you know, six weeks to two months of the season. So someone just to keep kind of keep an eye on because he's been very quietly productive at times and he's set up to start the season with a really good opportunity to be productive. I, I will say as a as a member of the Joshua Palmer fan club, seeing him down here as wide receiver 89 is very hurtful. But I, I understand. Man. I get why. The only reason why. It's the only reason why. Like, like he might it, be the fourth receiver there, about. right? Like, that's and, and it. it's it's tough, but I like know, him. I I like love him. him. He's he's one of my favorite players. I I I'm a huge Dodge Palmer stand. I think he's, when he gets opportunities, he play he plays really well. And again, he's one of those guys that I don't know if I draft, but I would put on a short list on a sticky note that I would have like pasted to my to my monitor here. Like the, moment, the inevitable, the moment Keenan somebody Allen, gets hurt, pick up Keenan Josh Palmer. Allen, like yeah. the moment Keenan Allen's got like a hamstring tightness, give me Josh Palmer, please. Cause th- th- that's where those yeah. targets 
are going to ultimately go. Uh, we're into the 70s here. Terrence Marshall Jr. at 79. Paris Campbell at 78. Nick Westbrook-Akina at 77. Jalen Hyatt at 76. Marvin Jones at 75. Miko Hardman at 74. Darnell Mooney, 73. DJ Chark, 72. Jamison Williams, 71. Alec Pierce, 70. Jamie, I got a lot of names. Some names in this tier. Yeah, this is a tier yeah. where I've got a lot of names Let's that I want to talk about. Let's uh, talk. Give me a name. Let me pair two names together here because these are where you have the two highest Giants wide receivers on your rankings. Uh, Jalen Hyatt at 76 and Paris Campbell at 78. I am a little bit surprised, and you're going to correct me if I'm wrong if there's a Giants player higher, but I I thought I checked this when I when I um, before I made this statement. I'm surprised that Jalen Hyatt is your top-ranked Giants wide receiver and that you do not have Cam- Paris Campbell in front of him. And they don't have Wanda Robinson on there either. You don't have Wanda uh, Robinson on there. We I mentioned Sterling Shepard already, didn't I? Earlier, yeah, you have yeah, his wide receiver one. Yeah, he's at the very bottom. And you he's, also have Isaiah Hodgins the, at ninety five. So yeah, uh, and it's partly. All, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys there, and a lot of guys. We talk about a team that has a lot of guys that do all a lot of the same things. It's the New York Giants. Um, here's here's my thoughts on this, and and I think this is where there's some upside play. Like I think if you asked me, uh, you know, uh, sword to my throat, that's. Very, yeah. very specific, but okay. Yes. Uh, who is probably the highest scoring Giants receiver in fantasy this year? I'd probably say Paris Camp. That's re- very good. Love to hear it. If you ask me who has the highest upside, it's Jalen Hyatt. It's Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and I think so that's why they're close here and they're in the same tier. But if I'm going to draft in this case, we're talking about a wide receiver six or a wide receiver seven, kind of want the upside. Uh, a little bit and, and and I'm hoping maybe Jalen Hyatt but in the second half of the season pushes himself at least to be into that like maybe wide receiver five or wide receiver four conversation I uh but yes Chris I just you noticed like where you have candy store. I, I just noticed where you have a player ranked for the next tier and I'm very excited just wait just wait I'm not gonna wait. give it away but I saw where you have so a many, player so many things for this tier and I'm very excited Oh, I know. I, I was waiting for you to see. I that, didn't know that that's where you had him, and I'm over the moon. I'm thrilled. They're, they're, but but listen, we had a lot of names. In we'll this get there. We'll don't, get. Don't there. get ahead of yourself. Okay. Don't get ahead of yourself. We'll get to Puka Nakua. Don't worry. Let's go. Um, I I but I, I am interested in Paris Campbell because I think he he showed flashes last year finally, mm-hmm. and he stayed relatively healthy, at least for Paris Campbell. Uh, he's going to come in here. I expect him to be the starting slot receiver. They're going to get creative with him. I think we're going to see him on jet sweeps and motions, and we've actually heard uh, rumors that that's what they were working on a little bit with him in OTAs as well. So I think there's going to be matchup-based fantasy relevancy for these Giants receivers during bye weeks. But if I'm drafting right now uh, and, I, and I'm not looking on the waiver wire, I'm going to, I am gonna—I have a slight lean to Jalen Hyatt in the hopes that he becomes a stable piece near the top of my bench in the second half of the season. But I would not be surprised if Paris Campbell is, is the most productive by the end. I, I'm a fan of his when he's on the field. Uh, next player that I'd like to talk about here with you, Jamie, is, is Jamison Williams down here at wide receiver 71. And I'll speak for yeah. you. Guy's going to miss six games. And let's be honest, didn't play a ton during his rookie season because he's coming off an injury. So it's not a big enough no. sample size to be able to say that. I, I think he's got the ceiling of a wide receiver one, but like we're not even close Correct. to that being the player that we currently have right now. And I want to put this into context. He was my wide receiver one football wise coming out of the draft when he was when he was taken. My concern is, is that you've had obviously the injury. That was the reason why he wasn't a higher pick in the draft. You have all the time that he missed last year. He flashed occasionally, but he also flashed negatively at times too last year. Like there were, he left a lot to be desired in his brief time on the field. Now you have this gambling thing where he's going to miss another big chunk of the season. So you're basically going to have to, and I think most leagues don't let you put suspended players on IR. So this Joke's is on a you. I've got you him would, on IR in our league. 
some leagues allow you to do that. Some leagues do not. But our league also has 80,000 players in it. So we we do it. have about 80,000 players on our roster, yes. And like, even if they didn't, you wouldn't have to drop anybody because let's be realistic. We have – these are deep, deep – like, okay, to give people an example, timeout. I guess I technically use my timeout okay. for this. I don't want to break the rules. Um, the best wide receiver right now available on waiver wires in this league, just to give people context about how um, – how deep it is. I see who the it best is. wide receivers, are the la- top three wide receivers available right now are Jarvis Landry, Jamal Agnew, and Khalif Raymond. That's where we're at right now. In terms of projected fantasy points, in terms of ADP, the top receivers available are Trey Palmer, Dontavian Wicks, and Bryce Ford Wheaton. I will remind you that Bryce Ford Wheaton is a UDFA. <laughs> so, um, okay. So that, that, that's what we're talking about in terms of, of what's available. So uh, back to this. Uh, I like Jamison Williams a lot. I love the talent. But there are a lot of question marks. And there's a lot of his time in his first two years. And you've heard me say this on other shows. And I'm going to say it again. Wiping my hands. Letting it be somebody else's problem. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to be wrong about this. And I'm willing to look up and have to face this guy in the postseason. And be damn it, I knew better. But this year... I'm not drafting him higher than this. And right now he's being drafted as what the uh, wide receiver 49. That's how math works. Yes. Yeah. 49. So he's just outside of wide receiver three territory. I can't get there for a guy that's only going to play 11 games at most. Not there. Not there. And by the way, I don't know how good he's going to be or what his role is going to (laughs) be. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Still a thing, folks. Yeah. And if I get, if I get 11 games of DJ Chark, that's fine, but that's not, that's not, Worst drafting top 45. Uh, DJ Chark wide receiver 72 for Jamie Eisner. And and that's more so like I would would have Chark probably a little higher if he was still in Detroit. I'm just saying like if he's going to play that role, which again, I know he is a better, better talent than DJ Chark, but I don't know, man. Like we're asking a lot. Asking Uh, a lot. So uh, he's next year. Well, talk to me next year about Jameson Williams. I'm I'm not taking him this year. The the last player in this tier that I'd like to discuss is a guy I got a star next to. I got a star next to this guy. I'm a little worried about the team, and I'm a little worried about where he might shake out in the pecking order. But I want to talk about Alec Pierce, baby. Yeah. I'm kind of in on Alec um, Pierce. Look, he's he's the wide receiver two. Season. He's the wide receiver two going into the year. Unquestioned. Yeah. The, the two people behind him that could potentially, I think, carve out a role would be Josh Downs. You'd be worried about. Yeah, but different player. I think. Josh and I'm Downs not worried about Isaiah McKenzie. No, so, both of those guys are slot guys. That's a, that's the thing here of, of like Josh Downs might end up out. It's possible Josh Downs out targets Alec Pierce. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Josh Downs is going to play the slot. Correct. You know, Pittman and Alec Pierce on the outside. Like so, Alec Pierce isn't coming off the field for Josh Downs, which, and is, which is there's nobody behind Alec Pierce that I really worry about. Up and down season as a rookie um, has to be more consistent. Has to create some more separation. But this is a guy that has some unteachables with his size and physicality and is somebody that can be a a player that a quarterback that has to work a little bit on accuracy as a rookie could lean on to, you know, make some tough catches for him. I think you're going to have to ride the wave a bit. You obviously have a rookie quarterback throwing it to him, but this also could be a a team that needs to throw a lot late in games and could get a lot of 50-50 balls. So uh, he's absolutely somebody that I'm considering with one of my late picks. And I think in the right matchup, could sneak into a flex spot for you. And that's kind of with this tier that we're starting to get into now where we're getting into these, uh, I would assume these would be wide receiver sixes. Um, 
and Pierce barely sneaks in there. I think it's actually from DJ truck up is in the wide receiver six category, technically in a 12 team league. So this is kind of where it's like, all right, these are guys you have on your bench and might sneak your way in during bye weeks or, or in certain matchups. And I'm perfectly fine having Alec Pierce here. And that's basically, he's getting drafted and being ranked right around there too. So I think people are treating him fairly, but it's definitely somebody that I think is worth watching. And I think some of this still has a little bit of extra upside above this. Like I, I think there's a non-zero chance that he might be might get might get a touchdown spike if he becomes a, a favorite of Richardson's near the red zone and might actually have, you know, a pretty nice season. The next five names that we are going to read, which are the last four five names for this uh, show today, Sleeper City, baby. This is where yep. Jamie is higher on all of these players than the ADP, and I think in every case except the one in the expert consensus rankings. My favorite is one of these guys in the first name you're going to read doesn't even register on the ADP list. And you have him 94 spots higher than the expert consensus rankings. That's Zach Pascal of the Arizona Cardinals at 69. Hunter Renfro at 68. Puka Nakua at 67. Josh Downs at 66. And Tim Patrick at 65. Again, Jamie has got a higher ADP, is higher than the ADP on all these guys and higher than the expert consensus rankings from our friends over at Fantasy Pros on all of these guys. So, Jamie, this is Sleeper Central for you. Sleeper City. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Zach Pascal is really interesting to me. Uh, I, I think we start to look at some of these. The ball, they're going to st- look. Arizona's not good, and their quarterback well, situation is not good. Thank, thank for that news. That's a news bulletin. Uh, Appreciate that. I told, I, I told you not to promise high level analysis to the beginning of the show, Chris. This is why. Uh, but the ball is going to go somewhere, and I'm looking at the options. There. And obviously, Hollywood Brown is there, but he also has an injury history. I like Rondell Moore. But he also has an injury history. Zach Pascal comes over from Philly uh, as an, uh, with Jonathan Gannon and, and is a bigger bodied receiver that is that can on a per target basis can put up some decent fantasy totals. He just doesn't get a lot of work. He's somebody that really intrigues me as well as that potential third option with him and Dorch. I think are both again different types of players, but both guys that I think could get some decent amount of volume that we're not expecting because it's a bad team. And because these guys would be wide receiver fours or wide receiver fives on other teams, and all of a sudden they're competing for wide receiver three and maybe even wide receiver two if there's an injury, uh, snaps and target share, even if it's not from great quarterback play. So he is somebody that I think is could be an interesting red zone threat, is somebody that I, I absolutely would take a flyer on with my last round pick. And because I could see either him or Dorch being guys that you go look up and go, damn, this this guy's averaging like I, I don't know, you go at the end of the year and like, man, they're they're averaging six, seven fantasy points a game, which doesn't seem like a lot, but for a last round pick is is perfectly reasonable because that means they're going to have spike weeks in the double digits. So he's somebody I'm really interested in. Puka Nakua, we've talked about uh, as somebody that could very easily ascend into that wide receiver two role. Yep. Skoran be on the field a lot for his run blocking, but he's not anything special as a pass catcher. Puka Nakua has got a ton of talent, has had, had good OTAs, and does not have much of a depth chart to work through behind Cooper it's Cup and Van Jefferson. Jefferson. It's Van Jefferson. Really. So, He's work and, I would, and I would still take Van Jefferson over Puka Nakua. I recently haven't talked about Van Jefferson yet. But if I'm, again, take a flyer on what, what could potentially happen here with one of my later picks, because a couple of these guys fall into sleepers with the upside to be flex plays in the right matchup and then true sleepers. And Pascal was sleeper with the upside to potentially be a flex in the right matchup. Puka Nakua is a true sleeper in the sense that if things go right, he could be a weekly starter for you. I'm very, very excited about that. And you having him there all the way at 67. Um, Tim, uh, 
Josh Downs, we kind of talked about when we talked about yeah. um, Alec Starting Pierce a little bit. Just a question and, of is how much is Anthony Richardson going to throw? You know, and he's still clearly to me the third receiver, but he's going to be the starting slot. Like him, could have spike weeks, but very much like Alec Pierce for me. There's going to be some weeks where he's going to have big games, some weeks where he's not going to have, where he's not going to get targeted very much. But uh, if, if he gets any sort of target share in along the lines of what Paris Campbell was getting at times last year, he'll be a productive fantasy player. And then Tim Patrick would be the last player I think we should discuss yeah. here. Forgotten yeah. man. Coming yeah. off the injury, uh, I know it's a crowded room, but this is a guy that had that had a lot of success in that offense the last couple of years, including when Sutton was healthy, including when Judy was healthy. Uh, so it's somebody that I again I, I've been a Tim Patrick stand for a while now uh, as somebody that just really believes in his talent. And again, they they gave him a contract a couple of years ago that matches that. So somebody that's getting no attention right now, being drafted uh, as the wide receiver eighty two or excuse me ninety two. Uh, in fantasy right now that I think is absolutely a player that I want on my roster. And, I, and I've gotten already in some best ball leagues a few shares of him. I would not be surprised. You know, again, he's the third receiver off the board for Denver for me. I'm still drafting Sutton and Judy in front of him at this point. But even without a trade, I think Tim Patrick's been able to find a way to have success. And particularly in the red zone, he has been a really, really strong red zone receiver when he's healthy. And Lord knows Russell Wilson, based on what happened last year, needs some help when this team gets in the red zone particularly if Javante Williams is going to miss significant amounts of time, he could be the go-to threat in the end zone. I would not be shocked if this is a guy that gets seven, eight, nine touchdowns this year if he's healthy. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on this uh, episode of Wide Receiver Week here on the Prospects and Props podcast. We're back again tomorrow. Another chunk of wide receivers for us to work through. Uh, we've got, what, 64 through 25? 63 through 26. Through 26. Through we're going 26. To say the top, yeah, we're going to say the top 25, exactly. including... A surprise at number one for later this week. Do I know the surprise at number one? I mean, I can just look I mean, at the list here. Real you literally quick. can just scroll up on the we list. Scroll up the list. But yes. Oh, that a is a surprise. That is a it surprise. Is, at it is number inconsistent one. with what you are seeing elsewhere. I, so I, I will we'll tell you, there, there is a name that's ranked up pretty high that makes me very happy. There, there is a there is a name that's up there. There right are a few, there. and a couple that are going to make you not very happy. A couple second year receivers that people are going to be mad about. So, Love that. a lot of that's coming over the next couple of days. So yeah, we've got that to look forward to the next couple of days. Then we got sleepers on Thursday, and then takes on takes on Friday. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're also available on YouTube Music now as well. You can see the podcast and the video version of the podcast over there as well. You can also catch the video version of the show over on the Draft Network YouTube channel. While you're over there, give us a thumbs up, leave a comment, subscribe to the to the YouTube channel so you can get notified anytime that we go live with any content or a new video gets posted. But we appreciate everybody being here for the start of Wide Receiver Week. We, we're just getting started. We've got a couple more episodes this week for you. So come on back, see us again tomorrow. Hope everybody has a great rest of the day. And we'll see you tomorrow for part two of Wide Receiver Week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.